Hey y'all, this is your host, Elise Robinson, with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. I hope these stories will inspire you to switch careers. I was an auditor in my past life, and now I'm in tech. And let's get to it. We are Switch Into Tech, tech resources to accelerate your career in information technology. Monthly classes on tech topics. We offer free or discounted exam vouchers, scholarships, free Udemy courses, free events, free boot camps, and more. You can find us at www.switchintotech.org. Yep, yep. Hey, y'all, it's Elise Robinson with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. Today we have Rebecca, and uh, we are on number 19. So uh, we, we ain't even a month into this, and we're on number 19. I'm, I'm excited for, for the future of this. So uh, Rebecca, where did your career start, and what are you doing now? Oh, thank you for having me, because this podcast, <laughs> I love the title, first of all. <laughs> Nobody want to work, though. <laughs> Um, so my career started since, um, I became a writer when I was nine and then I became a public speaker when I was 12, but my professional, professional career started, of course, when I got paid, which is when I was, um, 22, I was a, an editor in, in the magazine, in the national magazine. It's called Mother and Baby. So it's all it's about pregnancy, about um, health and safety of your kids and toddlers and, and all that uh, sweet rainbow and unicorns. And a few years after that, I switched career into the dark side of communications, which is the public relations. <laughs> so I switched career... When I was um, 25, 26, I was thinking, oh, my God, I had a quarter life crisis. Um, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Um, am I just going to be uh, pursuing my editorial career all the way up to being an editor in chief? Because that's, you know, literally like like a military career. You, you go up to become a four star general um, or you switch. And. I decided to switch career and it was crazy because I, not only that I switch lanes from editorial to public relations, I also switch industries to hospitality industry. And then I switched the location of my work from a big city to an island. So it's a tourist uh, destination. So I had to completely uh, changed my mentality from, you know, the city girl who's like, uh, just imagine if you in America, you are a New York, New Yorker, and then you move to LA, <laughs> right? A different pace, uh, different, um, personality that you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, and all of that. And I have to say, I was so glad that I got to do a career switch at a young age because that means I had no baggage. I had nobody to answer to. I had I did not have to consult with anyone. I did have a boyfriend, but you know, <laughs> like this is this is my life. <laughs> so yeah. And I ended up um uh, breaking up with him anyway. 
Um, so I did make the the right decision. That was the first, the biggest career switch I did. Thankfully, because my passion for writing, uh, it, it never really ends because um, it's almost like when you're born with very good singing voice, you will never stop singing. So I never stopped writing. So I took up freelancing um, gig from different magazines um, and I never stopped that bit, that uh, that passion for writing. I still keep it. But then I pursued the public relations and and then the marketing communications. So I um, studied or, or learned on the job and even more. And my career was actually uh, going very, very well. And I ended up being a an account director by the time I was 26, 27. So I was very, very happy with the result. And, and that moved on all the way until I was 35. And again, the question... <laughs> Okay, Rebecca, you are in the corner office. You're a director of public relations of a five-star hotel. You literally have a physical corner office. You can see the city from uh, from your office. What else are you going to do? Are you going to stay there until you retire? Which is what? It's still a few decades, right? And I thought, okay, this is again uh, another make or break situation. So I thought, okay, I think if I want to ever try anything new, it will have to be now before I'm quote unquote too old. Of course, I don't subscribe to, you know, <laughs> you're too old to do this and that. Um, but I think it's more that my personal uh, quote unquote oldness in that um, I still have to drive the ambition and the humility to starts from scratch with anything and uh, anything that I decided to do. And then I moved to tech, <laughs> of course, like everybody else. Um, but I, I had always been in the creative side. And again, as we were just talking about it, not a lot of people think that, well, you know, um, there are so many professions within an industry or within a banking industry. There are so many professions in it. Um, within hospitality industry, you can be, you can still be an accountant in a in a big five star hotel. You know, not everyone in in the hotel uh, mixing cocktails and stuff or tidying up beds. Uh, so I thought, oh, what can I do with with the skills that I have? Uh, that I can work in tech and the the uh, what do you call it the the overlapping bit is uh, a property tech so I then moved to become a general manager of a co-working space so that's still within the hospitality industry that I know but uh, with a large a large aspect of of tech and scaling up businesses around it um and then of course now <laughs> moving on from there 
I now uh, own my own uh, company, which is a learning and development uh, company. So I train women in tech because I have seen how women in tech are struggling and we cannot have it that women in women only make up a quarter of the workforce in in the tech industry which is a dangerous dangerous place to be um as in if it keeps up like that our world is going to be so dangerous because then the tech will only be serving the men so that's that's my whole cv right there <laughs> Look, look, you got me on the, it will only be serving men. There you go. Um, <laughs> I mean, you touched on so much between the way I mapped it out in my 20s was because mm -hmm. I had a guest on here and she was 26. <laughs> uh -huh. And I was like, oh, you're in the confusion phase. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're like, do I still want to do this for the rest of my life? Do I want to stay yes. here? And so my boss, um, ooh, my computer is getting ready to die. Hold on. I thought it was <laughs> all the way charged up and plugged in. Um, the way my boss kicked it to me, and she she put the bug in my back, <laughs> was um, the golden handcuffs. And she was like, yeah, uh -huh. you you're going to make a whole bunch of money, and then you're going to become, you know, an auditor, you know, um, um, you know, leading people and a manager and things like that. And, you know, a lot of money is something that you want to do. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't traveled. I haven't did this. And, you know, I want to do that. Um, and at the time, like, you, like you're saying, you, you probably have a, a man, uh, you know, a partner. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I don't. I don't really care to have him anymore either because <laughs> we ain't talking about marriage or anything like that. So, uh -huh. you know, let me, let me do what I do. And, you know, around that time, my mother was, was really sick and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. you know, so it was a lot of things for me. And mm -hmm. I, I ended up putting my whole life due to my mother. Um, but, you know, that bug was still there. And then, you know, mm -hmm. that's when I, I left and went to, I went to China for a little bit and then I went to Mexico and I ended yeah. up being in Mexico for almost five years. So, um, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, um, people that are in their late twenties, I mean, that's the, I call it the, the real confusion phase. Like people think, you know, the midlife crisis is, is one, but nah, in your, in your late twenties. Yeah. The quarter life crisis is real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I remember, uh, celebrating my 25th birthday and I was even saying to myself I have never even had a one-night stand in my life <laughs> girl that is the sort of thing that went through my mind because it's like I haven't lived you know <laughs> not that it's the definition but it's it's, it's like you know you're 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 your life, um, your, let's say, carefree life is ending, you know, when you're 25. Because because then you have to take everything seriously. So in my mind, it's like, damn, if I have to take everything seriously from here on end, this would be, this is my 25th birthday, this would be the last day I can mess up. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, um, but again, uh, not only that, 
in my for my 25th birthday for my 35th birthday i had another i guess if life expectancy on average is 70 then 35 would be the the midlife right well i guess it depends on the country <laughs> but in in the states well it recently dropped because i think it dropped down to like 75 76 but it was 78 so it's what yeah what 30, yeah 38 39 yeah 39? yeah exactly so 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 life begins at 40 thing. So whatever all the saying, the midlife crisis, the life begins at 40. So yeah, um, I was I, I was quite fortunate that I had the access for education. Um, I did, I, I was born and bred in a third world country, but I have to acknowledge my privilege as well that I uh, was born into a middle-class family that, that could afford good education for me and that I took it up to then be a very good student, very good uh, worker, um, which led to me achieving um, the top position so early on that it gave me the bug, like, should I stay here just enjoying, because I paid my dues you know, in, in the past couple of decades, but now can I just sail through, cruise through all the way until my pension age? Or do I venture out and and stumble and fall again? And I chose I chose to stumble and fall again because I I think my ambition was way too too big to ignore. <laughs> and I want to tell the girls out there that it's fine. It's absolutely fine to have an ambition and and admit that you're ambitious. Definitely, definitely. My father thought I was insane when I left my good government job. You know, mm -hmm. do that, and I'm like, Daddy, like, first of all, like, my mother was sick. That's that's why I left. And second of all, like, I I figure like if I can do it once, I can do it again. And you know. <laughs> Exactly. And by the time you do it again, it won't be from absolute scratch. Right? So I, there's a few, because one of the things that I do on the side as well is I, I do take on clients um, who who's who's looking for a career coach. And normally these clients are those who are already in C-suite wanting for a career change. And, and the struggle, the, the, the common question is always the same. Am I too late of doing this? Um, but if it took me 20 years to get to where I am, um, could I, you know, uh, do I have to do this for the next 20 years to get, you know? And I said, of course not. Because A, you have a long list of transferable skills. And secondly, you have done so many mistakes that you know you can avoid this time around. You know? Definitely, definitely. And, and that's one reason why I started the podcast too. Because it's like, you know, people are confused about, you know, taking their previous skills and experience and how and when to apply them. Um, yeah. So yeah, like you said, you know, now I know the process of getting a government job and, you know, I can actually do seminars on it. And I've, I've actually done a seminar on it. And I have one coming up uh -huh. um, in March. 
you know, because my thing is I have this knowledge. I should be able to, you know, talk about it. And again, circling back to um, people not knowing about certain positions and careers. And like you're saying, oh, well, I didn't know in the government you can be uh, engineer, an accountant, a doctor, a lawyer, and et cetera, yeah. et cetera, you know, like I didn't know, but the government does everything. <laughs> we didn't know that there was a Dr. Fauci. <laughs> right, Before. right, right, right. Like, <laughs> you know, like you, you, they don't know. So, you know, this is why, you know, I encourage people to talk about their experiences and their knowledge, yeah. and their skills, because there's a whole subset of people out there that don't know and they want to know, but they don't know how to get the information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all things come at a cost. What did this cost you? And did you have support from your friends and your family? The cost is I don't have social life. I tell you because I have a family life. I have three children. That is three too many <laughs> for any any ambitious person. That's three too many. So, you know, you have family life, you have social life, you have work life. So since I cannot divorce my children, <laughs> I will uh, I had to recalibrate my social schedule. And I thank God for social media because even without, you know, back back in the uh, dark era before social media, the only way you can catch up with your friends is to physically meet them or telephone them. <laughs> hey, what's going on? And how's how's your boyfriend? Da da da. And that's how I, my friends and I used to do it. We 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 used to hang out. Uh, once a month in a cafe and just do a round table of updates. And now we simply just need to see what's on their Instagram <laughs> story. And, and if there's any concerning, you know, if I see my friend's uh, child um, on, on Instagram story being in a hospital, then I can go, Hey, what's going on, girl? What's going on with your son? Is everything all right? And so on. So that is so so my social life is just then basically DMs. And in terms of support, I have to say my husband, um he I chose the right husband in that he is 13 years older than me and he is a decade further than me in terms of his career trajectory. So he arrived he has arrived in his destination before I did. So there was no ego um, racing. And also he knows, he appreciate that I still have a long way to go to where I want to be. And he appreciated that. And so he knows he's already at his finish line seeing me still in the race saying like, Come on, you can do it, girl. Um, and not us racing at the same time. So that is very, very good. But of course, um, back in my my late 20s, my parents would be like, why are you working all the time? Make time to, to meet guys and stuff. 
<laughs> so yeah, I was the late bride. Uh, well, based on Indonesian standard, I I got married when I was twenty eight. <laughs> no, I I get you. I get you. My parents were married at twenty one, and they waited six years to have me. So my mother was twenty seven when she had me. Uh... And uh, I have a nephew. I, I don't have any kids, but it's like, okay, like, what's what's going on with you? <laughs> Your parents married at 21. And I'm like, yeah, I couldn't imagine being married at 21. But my parents yeah. knew each other since they were kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, my mother swore she wasn't going to date anyone from the neighborhood. But lo and behold, here comes my father. <laughs> you know, he's grown up and he looks good. So... <laughs> So she gave it a chance, but uh, so he he did his glow up. <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my mom says they used to call him Bubble Dyed Howard. Is my father's name, <laughs> but um, so yeah, like my mother's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna get any grandkids and all that kind of stuff from me. Uh-huh. So you know, my sister did all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just yeah. in the wind and. You know, my sister is in healthcare. You know, she's a frontline worker. You know, with all this COVID stuff, and you know, oh. my brags about her. And I'm like, you know, I'm doing my thing in in Mexico or whatever. You know, starting businesses and stuff. And he ain't got nothing to say. Uh-huh. To me. <laughs> so I get you on that part. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Absolutely. No, it doesn't hurt. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. Your father crazy... never talks about you. He never talks about you. I'm like, oh. Well, I guess that's a good thing. As long as I'm not in trouble, right? <laughs> yeah. Girl. I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast and my podcast as well. There's, there's, there's no one perfect path for every single girl. Definitely. And, and definitely. <laughs> yeah. The, the, only, the only thing that I feel really bad about us is that we do have biological clock. That is the one thing, because honestly, your parents could wait six years to have you. And, and I'm, and I'm like, I wish I could wait six years. Um, I had, I was pregnant three months after, after our wedding (laughs) and, and it wasn't planned. So... (laughs) Uh, because we wanted to have, you know, a long honeymoon and, and, and whatnot. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy that, um, some, some women really do want to be mothers and I appreciate that. But at the same time, if society is not allowing us in, in the sense of infrastructure, policies, then then I'm not surprised at all if many women choose not to have children or or choose to freeze their egg for until the time is is uh, maybe not perfect but but more ideal than having children now you know it's um it, it's heartbreaking when I started my business um here in England my baby was only two years old and even though there is a universal health, um, not healthcare, childcare, uh, the childcare will only start kicking in when the baby is, when the child is three years old. And I was saying, so what do you expect women do for the first three years of this baby's life? 
just postpone our entire you know three years is a lot of time wasted right and while our male peers you know can just go up in the career ladder or even do you know uh businesses their business can take off in in three years but we what can we do and as we know time is the most expensive commodity right so at the end uh at the end i begged my husband and say okay let's live as if we are just a broke <laughs> broke bougie <laughs> just like let's not do any fancy holidays or whatever we don't need to upgrade our iphone every year but we send our baby to nursery and i tell you we spend 1200 pounds sterling so that's um in us probably almost two thousand dollars every month to pay for childcare, and that's essentially a whole month of salary right so but i'm like okay time is expensive so i i would rather that i start my business in 2022 rather than wait um because i'm not gonna uh go through my life based on a policy that is not pro not only pro, uh, not pro women not pro parents and at the same time, people in the um, first world country are uh, saying that, oh, our, our populations are uh, aging and we don't have enough uh, young generation. Well, yeah, all the Gen Zers, they refuse to have children. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I guess my reasoning on it, and we're so off base on the podcast, but I mean, it has to be said is I was about 22 and, you know, I had to do, think about marriage, whatever. But, you know, our life path was different. So that's why we're not together. And mm -hmm. somebody had came back from maternity leave. And literally, this is when I worked for the government. So, I mean, they yeah. have good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And she had to save up her time in order to take, you know, the four to six weeks off. That's number one. And uh -huh. two, she was like, yeah, my, the, the daycare for the newborn, I think she said it was like $1,500 a month. So mind you, I'm at the beginning of my career. So I wasn't making much money. So I'm looking at yeah. my paycheck like, yo, that's like almost how much I'm bringing home. So like, <laughs> where was kids supposed to fit in here, you know? And I kind of uh -huh. made the conscious decision then, like, I don't know if I, if I want them because I, I don't want to be out here struggling, you know what I'm saying? And... Yeah. You know, at that time, I had moved away from home to find a job because mm -hmm. there wasn't any jobs where I lived at. And so I was on the mm -hmm. other side of the country. And I'm like, I don't have yeah. the support of my parents. So, you know, yeah. what, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> exactly. So it's not that it's it's not even about want or don't want. We cannot afford it. And that is why so many women are uh, in the pandemic. There's so many women were forced out of the workforce because they they had to uh, take care of uh, the family, etc. And and here's the sick thing: mm. it's not because mothers are better parents than fathers. 
I'm not at all saying that, even though there's a lot of cases where it's true. But uh, in the day-to-day decision-making, it's almost like, okay, so, well, you make, uh, you, dear husband, you make more money, and therefore it makes more sense for me, who earns less money, uh, to stay back. But then the question again, why do women earn less money? <laughs> That's another systemic problem, right? So it's like, oh my God, literally we're pregnant, then screwed. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really care about the, the clock because my grandmother had some at 47. It was a oopsies, like, but ah. you know, so I'm like, okay, I think my womb is good like that. But <laughs> you know, but who <laughs> wants to be 47, you know, having kids? And having, so yeah. it's like, okay, my bones are aching at this point, but you know, so, you know, the, the clock didn't really bother me. Like I didn't, I didn't care if I had some at 35 or whatever, mm-hmm. but it was more so the money thing and the time. Cause it's like, okay, I got to save up my time. And then what if I'm sick or my baby's sick, then I got to borrow time. And you know, the, the list just really goes on. I think, I think the feds have has maternity leave now. So, but you know, that was, that was a huge fight, but, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's 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 really really sick out here. And you know, I actually I have friends that don't want kids, you know, for for these reasons alone. And mm-hmm. they're they're men and women. They're like, yeah, I don't want to be about the broke poor life. Like, I, <laughs> you know, so, absolutely. <laughs> so and that is crazy. why that is why career switching is is important because these days there are new companies. Um, who would accommodate flexi hours, remote work, and even childcare on site, or that would offer childcare vouchers and things like that. So I want more women, especially, or, or those who are parents, to really, listen, get over your fear of career switching if it will allow you to be a better um, caretaker because it's not only kids you're taking care of. You're probably, just like your story, you probably have to take care of your elderly parent, right? So caring caring for someone is not just because you have children, but you definitely have parents, okay? <laughs> so, um, or a sibling who's ill or what have you, you have so many potential life circumstances that would benefit from you switching career into something that is more flexible, something that is uh, that gives you less stress. Because if you have already a stressful situation at home, you won't thrive in any job, you know, that you already, <laughs> if you have a toxic workplace, plus you have a a challenging life structure or or no structure at all so your life is is kind of in a in a quite messy situation so yeah take that leap those who are now thinking about oh that job pay me less but would give me more flexibility maybe you should take that one for now right because if you situation will get better that's how the world works you won't the the if you're uh at rock bottom now the only way is up 
So things will get better with time and with effort. And then by that time, when you get better, you will also then be more promotable at your new job. So you will regain that, that income, but you can never buy back time that is lost and you can never, uh, probably recover if you lose, um, precious time with your family that you're taking care of. So I think that is, um, that, that is what our whole conversation about, <laughs> you know, having a child, having, um, ill parents, having responsibilities at home, uh, outside of work, even though the biological clock is not, um, it's not the enemy you're facing now, but probably you have a different situation. Maybe your spouse, uh, needs taking care of. You know, uh, and and as we know, it's not only physical illness these days that is taking um, taking us down. It's mental illness as well. Listen, 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 listen. You touched on so much because I've, I've, you know, one thing that me and my friend, you know, go through, you know, especially as entrepreneurs, is you know the 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 dips, the dips, and the hills, and the uh -huh. valleys, and it's like okay, at this point we're down. So. We just got to deal with the down part of it, but it's going to come yeah. back up. <laughs> so this is just our season to be down right now. We got to, mm -hmm. we just got to, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed that I have, you know, a friend that we, we talk about this stuff and we don't yell and we do yell and scream, you know, <laughs> but we're not yelling and screaming at each other. And, uh, you know, we, we vent and all that good stuff. So, you know, he talks about his experiences. I talk about mine and, you know, we come to a conclusion on, Hey, this is, this is what it is. Or sometimes we don't, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, we just, you know, we're venting. So, you know, I'm like, he, he calls it his, his, uh, Kanye rant. You're on your Kanye rant today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm about the Kanye rant. So, so yeah, no, you, you are so right. And, you know, but the thing is, you have to take the steps to kind of make it better. So you can't just can't just wallow and you know not take any action. Um, so there, people forget that part too. They're like, oh yeah, we're in the hills and the valleys, you know. But what are you doing to kind of you know mitigate that and and try to make it better, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my perspective on it. We are so off. I don't know how much time you got left, but. <laughs> Um, with, um, you know, you, you kind of touched on this, but we, we both kind of touched on it a lot, but I wanted yeah. to touch on, um, how did you make the transition to, you know, being from, um, uh, you know, public relations to, you know, yeah. what you're doing now? Like, what did you mm -hmm. revert your resume? How, how did you convince someone to take a, a chance on you? Oh, gosh. Um, my recent, most recent experience is, I think, probably the worst because not only that I moved from public relations to move to tech and then now building my own company, but I'm now doing it in a foreign country. Uh, English is my second language, so there's another layer of a problem. And I'm an immigrant. That's another layer. I had... I know nobody here aside from my in-laws. Um, so 
the the answer to convincing people to trust me um even though i'm all of that all of the above plus i don't have a western degree i don't have a degree from a western country that's what i mean um is to build my uh personal brand i know it's a, it's a it's a trend these days but personal brand um uh, has always been um at the forefront of uh, of someone in uh, in in professions that is uh, client facing. I mean, you probably don't have to be uh, you don't have to have a personal brand if you are an accountant or you um, you work in procurement or purchasing department. But if you're client facing, you need to have. You need to ensure that you have the reputation, the good reputation, that you are not, that you are some someone that they can trust. You know, people want to work with people they know, they like, they trust. So in 2022, my entire year was dedicated to building my website, my uh, polishing my CV, polishing my LinkedIn profile, because, and I tell you this, um, especially for um, a lot of millennials and Gen Zs out there, we used to think that um, social media like Instagram, um, even LinkedIn and so, so on, are only for those who are actively seeking for a brand deal or seeking for a job but actually if you are consistently building your brand presence uh, every time you're doing something great you post it online make it like your own wall of fame so by by the time you need it for your career switching or if you want to switch from being an employer uh, employee to become becoming self-employed or building your own business, you don't have to start from scratch. This is my mistake before and learn from my mistake. Don't wait until you need to build a personal brand. You build it as you go along. So if you are a fresh graduate now, build it from now. Showcase what you do uh, as a volunteer. Showcase uh, uh, your projects that you did in school. Um or even if you're doing something for the local community, for your church, um, for your neighborhood, post it. Because the more you post something that is not just your outfit of the day or get ready with me <laughs> post, the more potential client, potential employer out there will see you as someone who is... Um, trustworthy and plus someone with essence you know not just uh, because and this is what i hope as well for the hr community um and founders of, of companies to not hire cv but hire the people you know because ai can write your cv for you <laughs> right um but the actual so when, when I post something on Instagram, TikTok, or especially LinkedIn, I post something about me, about my worldviews, including my political views. And 
and it doesn't have to mean like um it doesn't mean that you mention out loud that I vote for this guy or that guy. But for example, in England this week, uh, teachers are striking uh, b because they don't have enough uh, pay raise. And I personally believe they should get <laughs> very well pay, uh, pay their teachers. And the week before it was nurses. And I believe in that as well. And I post, even though it does sound political, but for me, it's humanitarian. You know, teachers and nurses, they're, they're the actual heroes, right? And they deserve more. So, so these are the things, uh, my personal values and worldviews, those are the things that I post. So when people want to work with me, even though they can work... Um, I'm not I'm not unique in my profession. I don't think anyone is unique in their profession. Uh, but the same way as two of the same doctors with the same specialties want the one with a better bedside manner will cure more patients. Um, that is the way I approach things. So even if your career switching and you think, oh, how do I compete with other job seekers eyeing for the same job and they have been in that field longer than, than I have been? And this is the answer. You showcase that you might be um, more of a newbie in this particular position, but you as a teammate, you as a colleague, you are dependable, reliable, you have morals, you have integrity, you're honest, and and you're a leader. And that is the one thing that, that cannot show up in just this one page of CV, you know? It's funny that you say that because during 2020, when I couldn't go out and pound the pavement and get clients in, in Mexico, um, I got on Twitter. That was the first time I had ever been on Twitter before, even though I had um, <laughs> I had a podcast. This isn't my first one. It was Black Woman in Mexico, right? Uh -huh. and, and I would post stuff from there automatically, like using Buffer or something like that. And so that was like the only thing I had on Twitter. And somehow, some way, I had a following, right? So that's number one. And so I got on Twitter and, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm in I'm in tech now, technically, like I've been in tech since I was like nine or 10 years old, though. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I need these certifications and I'll just start posting my progress and stuff like that. Right? Yeah. And so I was like, well, I don't want to pay for them. So, you know, let me find some scholarships and, you know, stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so I found them and, you know, I'm posting my progress or oh, I won this today or I won that today. And so people were like, well, how do you keep winning these things? So like I, I turned it into a business and I got my first customer my, my first day. And I technically never even worked for a company in tech, you know what I'm mm. saying? But I came out there swinging, you know, with this knowledge and I'm helping people and, you know, and they're like, who is this person yeah. and stuff. And, you know, so yeah, it, it, it really works, you know, in that extent, because I built that brand over, I'll say, I, I might've got on Twitter like in maybe May or something like that. And then I started uh -huh. my business in November. So maybe like six months or so, you know, wow. daily, daily tweeting progress and things like that. And then, you know, when I was ready to 
sell and shout out to my friend because he was like, yeah, you should turn that into a business since people keep asking. I got my <laughs> customer my first day, you know, so mm. so I'll agree that, you know, you you have to put yourself out there and I'm an introvert. So, you know, I'm like, I don't feel like feeling, fooling with people today, you know, but yeah, yeah, I do it anyway. Um, and my mindset on it is, you know, I'm going to get my money. So I have to put that introvertedness to the side and get out here and make my money. <laughs> and Absolutely. Outside of that, you know, when I got recruited by Microsoft, um, I, I, I was like, okay, I really got street credit now because I got recruited by, you know, <laughs> one of the largest cloud providers, you know, there's only uh -huh. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me start doing seminars. And, you know, that was successful. And, mm. you know, people were coming to see me, you know, I told my friend, oh, I got five, seminars. oh my God, I got five, and, you know, that turned into 300, you know? So, wow. so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy how, you know, the hills and the valleys go, but yeah. you got to put in the work and you got to mm -hmm. put yourself out there. So, you know, I say all that to, you know, basically touch on what you were saying and then also yeah. you know, to close out the podcast but um where can we find you um rebecca <laughs> yes so go to my linkedin rebecca leppard um there are a few rebecca leppards out there but i'm the only one in pink <laughs> on and for the especially for for the gen zers out there I just recently created a TikTok. Um, it's uh, Rebecca Lepart as well. So I want to be basically your big sister in your career journey because I know what it's like to be the newest generation. I was that millennial that all the boomers hated <laughs> because, oh, you millennials, what do you know about work and life, etc. So... I'm taking everything that I know uh, how to navigate the career jungle. It's not even a ladder anymore. It's a jungle gym. And yeah, follow on. I talk about how to not only career switch, how what to talk about during appraisal, how to talk yourself up for interviews, what to write on the CV these days because it's the robots we're reading the CVs these days. Girl, let me tell you. <laughs> so yeah, find me on TikTok. HR swears that they read them though. So I, I don't know. There's been many, many comments on LinkedIn where they're like, yeah, we review all the resumes. I'm like, you're not reviewing 300. Stop your lying. So. <laughs> yeah. No, they will only read it after. So the first layer, the first gatekeeper is, you would say, you know, in a nightclub, the bouncer is the AI. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go and um yeah there's tons of tips out there on how and especially again uh one thing one thing that is annoying me because job descriptions and job title these days are so confusing you can be in hr and and your official job title is talent acquisition right people and culture and robots cannot differentiate that <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, so the one thing is to, when you're applying for something, match the words, the exact word, because you can be a marketer, but then 
the job that you're applying for says customer acquisition, you got to change your CV from you as a marketing expert to a customer acquisition expert. That is how crazy it is. Because otherwise, the robot will be like, ah, not a match. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, if if you sign up for my resume, I do resume reviews and live LinkedIn reviews. I'll choose three people from the audience. And that's one thing I say. I was like, if your title is, you know, process engineer, like the hell yeah. is that? So, you know, it should be what mm -hmm. you're doing and match it up to other things. But someone told me that companies do that. So other companies can't poach you. That's that's what that's what I, I I heard. They're like, yeah, they give these little dumb titles. So when you put it on your LinkedIn or your resume, like you're saying, HR doesn't know what you do, and then AI doesn't know what you do, and then they can't find you. So now you're stuck. So I always always say change your title. You and you know, um, of course, don't don't embellish it, but it should match up to something that is very well known. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, I've never heard that. And uh, that's what somebody oh. in, in HR told me. They're like, yeah, we we give these dumb titles that mean nothing, so other companies can't poach them. But you know, companies in that industry know. But if you're trying to leave mm -hmm. that industry, like you were saying, you went from. Yeah. Um, you know, hospitality to something else, you yeah. know, hospitality is not going to know what that is, you know, yeah. they call it the real name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh my God. That is so annoying. It's almost like how, uh, Starbucks baristas misspell your name on purpose so that you would take, uh, a snapshot of your Starbucks cup and post it on social media. Oh, is that what the thing is? Cause I just saw that the <laughs> other day. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's, that's a good brand awareness, right? That's a good branding right. exercise. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, look, they spell my name with, with a K instead of a C or things like that. I um, saw that, but that makes perfect sense, especially since I've been digging more into like marketing strategies and stuff for mm -hmm. my business. So it's like, yeah, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I see you, I see you. Coming, coming on the show, Rebecca, um, we got off topic, but I mean, a lot of this stuff needs to be said. And yes. Like I said, um, I appreciate you coming on. She is in the UK. So this is our third, third international guest. And um, yeah, if you haven't subscribed already, we're on YouTube, Google, Apple, Spotify, and whatever your favorite um, podcast app is. And uh, yeah, nobody wants to work though until, until next time.